Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Let's do it live on a Thursday edition. Merely Bo, the great Gibbe. Hi. How you doing, buddy? Ah, it's beautiful outside. It was. Um, look at Fila. Look at that I don't even know what he's doing. What a human. What a human. He's just getting in prime combine mood. That's what that's about. He was just at the Pro Bowl. Of course he was. You know, I mean, just right from one, one event to another. Yeah, it was. Um, so we, we're in this. We're six approaching sixty today. Is yeah. the operation? It was sun kissed all morning. On it was when I left, and then here it's kind of a mix. It's supposed to be. Uh, it, it, it's it. I believe it's going. The clouds are going to continue to move in. Okay. Uh, and then we get rain tomorrow. Is that no, rain's pushed to Saturday now. Oh, let's go. Because maybe I have a tea time. Oh, before let's go. The show tomorrow. Let's go, Gibby. Quick little nine holes. You got to get in when you can, brother. I, I, Griff, Griff's like, hey, because I mentioned like going to the range later today. I like it. He's like, 61. I brought my clubs. And I was like, you have clubs? I'm like, you're in. We're going to the range. Let's, Let's see go. what you got here, buddy. Oh, my gosh. It is going to hold off. It's going it? to hold off till Saturday or Friday night late. Friday night late, you're going to get it. Was it? This morning I looked, it was 80% chance. Yeah. Now we've got 62 today, 62 tomorrow. Yeah. Are you fearful that this that now because my attitude towards this time of year is typically like bunker down, I'm in it, and then I'll wake up. I'm like a like I hibernate, and then I'll come out in the spring and be like, oh, we're back. But now it's been like this for ten days. How's it going to happen now? Luckily for me, next week I'm headed out west into the south, so I'll be okay. But um, I'm looking at this snow like next week at this time and thinking that'll be a slap in the face. Yeah, I mean it's going to be in the. Yeah. I think it's going to be in the 30s. Yeah, it looks like all next week. Yeah, mid 30. Well, that, that's Fe- but even that's in. That's not. It's, that's that, warm for February. That's doable. That's not. Yeah. That's not a foot of snow. No, that's not wind chills 20 below zero. No, no. I can I can deal with that. Yeah, in February. Yeah. There's no doubt. There's absolutely no doubt. Yeah, and you get through this week, and it's like, now you're on the back end. Yes. Like, we're at the middle point of February already. Yeah, we're, I mean, you're there, pal. You're there. All right, we got Brownie Awards coming. We, we have a how lot did, of stuff how, We got today. a mailbag. Good Lord, we got a mailbag program today, so that'll be fun. Um, we are Tomorrow will be our Super Bowl extravaganza program. Correct. We'll have the gang back together, and we'll do the Super Bowl extravaganza program tomorrow. Have you been... How have, do you feel an anticipation for this one or no? That's kind of where I am. You know why? Because it takes two weeks. 
It's okay. two weeks between games. How many questions are you going to ask someone about the, the opponent? How many, how many different ways can you break down an opponent? I feel bad for like the CBS Sports Networks and the ESPNs and the NFL Networks. What, what, nothing is going on. Congratulations. Like Joe, uh, Joe Tooney's inter- injury is the only injury. Yeah. Like there's, there's literally nothing going on. I feel the same. Um, I don't know if it's because we've seen these teams a lot, which it could be. It could be just that we've seen Mahomes and the Chiefs and the storylines. We know what they are. Um, and we've seen the Niners a lot, quite honestly. Yeah. We've seen them a lot at this stage, of uh, this late in the game. Like, is this more – this is undoubtedly more fun if it's Detroit in the game. Uh, there's no question that that – Detroit and the Ravens uh, wouldn't have wanted that, but just from the standpoint of, like, storylines, stuff that hasn't been new told. Blood. New blood. Like, there was a fatigue that happened even with – that I definitely remember in the, in the Belichick-Brady where it was like, these guys again – like we we've heard this story we this story has been told and there is some redundancy uh, to this one for me as well. I will be excited when the game kicks, and I think I think it's got a chance to be a very very good game and a compelling and fun game. But the, the build up has been a little bit tricky. Yeah, there's just not there, there's nothing going on. There's how many? Which is how the NFL with wants all, it. They're with, in Vegas. Yeah, with all well, other than a guy climbing the sphere yesterday. I did see that. By the way, if I can only imagine if you are a law enforcement officer in Las Vegas, you wake up every morning this week going, God, this is going to be a long week. What, what happens today? Like, as if that city's not crazy enough on a day-to-day basis. Well, and for, for guys like us, um, you know, men in our 40s, you and I lived in a world where Las Vegas – was a non-starter for anything other than heavyweight boxing and Jerry Tarkanian's running Rebels. Those were the two sports entities that yeah. happened in Vegas. There were no golf tournaments in Vegas. There was no professional sports in Vegas. Outside of you, the, the UNLV running Rebels were the Lakers of Vegas. They were the professional team of Vegas. That basketball team was. And then many people thought maybe they were paid that way too, and God bless them if they were. Who am I to begrudge? Um, but we have now brought all of the sports into Vegas. The Although NHL the mayor is trying to kick the baseball team out. So I saw that, and then I, <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. I looked into it. Actually, this is pretty crazy. The county, which I think is Clark County, the county controls the strip. So she has no say in – and maybe that's where the beef is, is that the city of Las Vegas isn't gotcha. getting money for it, but the county yeah. is. Um, but, yes, I did find that interesting that she had the, uh, had the say there. The NHL has been there for a long time now and has great success um one of the one of the best things that you one of the best nhl expansion efforts they've done probably the best nhl expansion effort that they've done um the major league baseball is going to be coming the nfl has been there for a while the nba it has long been known that the seattle vegas expansion will come at the same time i have no idea why they haven't done it yet unless they want to get another TV deal done before they do it so that those owners can't benefit off of that TV package and have to pay a billion dollars for the franchise fees. I don't know. Um, but that's coming. And this is something in this country where we have, and you know as an NFL employee, like you got to stay away from that stuff. And now they're opening up to it. In fact, I saw today uh, the NFL saying that once the game is over on Sunday, 
the players can go to the casinos and The live. season officially ends, which right. <clears throat> has always been told to us as well as employees. We can't go into a sports book. Yeah. We can't do anything with regards to a sports book, but we can officially go back into a casino the after the final, you know, when the clock hits zero on Super Bowl, the season officially ends. It doesn't end when your season ends. It ends when the Super Bowl ends. That yes. has always been the rule. So now you have all sports. We've seen NBA All-Star games there, NHL All-Star games there. All of this stuff is starting to happen there. The Pac-12 championships in basketball have been contested there for a decade almost. Um, so, so it's open for business. And the reality is, and I haven't been there in a decade, um, which uh, up until that point I was going at least once a year from the time I was in college all the way through my, my early all the way through my 20s, uh, would go at least once a year. Um, but it really is perfectly set up for this. They have infinite hotel rooms, infinite great hotel rooms. They have a, a transportation that's very easy to navigate, the strip and around it, and various trams and trains and all the things that they have to get from place to place. Um, so, so long as that you can get out of a casino and find your way out, which is tough, as long as you can do that, you can thrive there. And so... It's kind of the perfect place. Like, do you know what the, what the media hotel is? I don't. Mandalay Bay. Really? Yeah. Now, that's a far cry from the Holiday Inn Express I stayed at in Lakeland, Florida, for the Jacksonville Super Bowl. Far cry from that. Well. No, all, no disrespect. <laughs> but, I mean, that's a big difference to go from Mandalay Bay to that. And that's so that. My, my buddy's south of here, who's uh, one of the afternoon shows, is out there all week, and they're up at the Mandalay Bay. That's a media hotel. Real rough. Yeah, that's a good that's a good Real, gig. And it's a good point on the strip. It's a fantastic point. Yeah, it's wins wins all around, buddy. So we had this conversation yesterday off the air. I don't care where I stay when I go to Vegas. You know, Griff asked me, he goes, You ever stayed at the MGM? I said, I have stayed at the MGM. Yep. I said, it's okay. Yeah. Like the coolest thing was the first time I ever stayed there, there was a TV ingrained in the bathroom mirror. That's right. And I was like, well, that's different. That's yeah, new. That's All right. Yeah. I'll take that. I, you need a bed and you need a shower. Otherwise, you're not in your room. You're not anyways. in it much. No. The, it's funny. Like, I rem the first hotel I stayed at there, and at the time, it was this is how old I am. The first hotel I stayed in there, I was in, in high school, um, and it was the Excalibur when that was like the yeah. place to stay. And now Excalibur is not apparently the place to stay i think that's abundantly clear but at the time it was like the place and then i remember saying at mgm within a couple of years of its opening and it was the bomb baller like place. lions and tigers yeah, like hanging in, out in fact i think if memory serves you used to have to walk into a lion's mouth and then they switched it and made it like the statue of the lion because there was something about a lot walking near a lion or something was bad luck to like chinese culture japanese culture really? yeah so i think i have hmm. that right so they flipped it out um, and just had like the statue of the line there. But yeah, and then Mandalay. And then the last time I was there, we were at the Palazzo and like every room was a baller suite. And that's now the norm is that like you walk in two steps down, couch, two steps down, beds, like the whole setup. So yeah. where's the view? Do you yeah. have a view of the strip? View of the strip. Yeah. Now it's all, it's just the way it is. So it's, just, it's a great city for it. It really is. And it's just going to get crazier. It's already wild and that was on wednesday first friday i mean it's thursday <laughs> 
the bulk of your people for the game aren't coming in until tomorrow. Correct. And then you've got a, a group of people because there's a lot of business that's going on this week. Yeah. You know, mo- a lot of our a lot of our people are gone. I mean, there's business like if you want to meet with the big wigs of the big companies, now it, is it? it everybody's in one spot. But a lot of those people don't stick around for the game. A lot you would be amazed how many oh, you wouldn't be amazed, but I think our our fans would be amazed how many people are there during the week and are out by Saturday or Sunday morning. Everybody that I – now, I, I've only covered Super Bowls from the television side, not the radio side, but everybody I know who covers it from the radio side, they leave Friday. Yeah. You're there until Friday afternoon, and then you're gone. I mean – At Tony, every Super Bowl. Tony Grossi uh, talks about it. Like, he's, he's been a Hall of Fame voter for I don't mm-hmm. know how many years. He, it, the voting process used to be on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, now it's done in advance, and it's done virtually and everything, but – Oh, they don't like, get in a room anymore? I – that's a good question. I know the last couple of years they hadn't. Of, They'd already COVID. Yeah, pro, yeah. But they literally he left every Sunday morning. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I've never actually stayed for a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm home by the afternoon. Yeah, that's typically the way that it works. As you get out of town, and, yeah, and you're gone. Um, yeah. So if you're if you're Goodell. Your job is to make sure you get, and your league's job is to make sure you get through the next 72 hours unscathed. That's really all you're with, hoping for. With the number of players there that aren't even playing in the game. Oh, my God, yeah. Like that that circus. I mean, it's Sin City for a reason. In the next 72 hours, you just want to just kind of stay under the radar and get to that game. Once that game kicks Sunday afternoon, and really by the time you get to Sunday morning, if you get through the tonight, Friday night, Saturday night, without incident, Sunday, you're home free. You yeah. got a game and, and, and that's it. And then um, Monday you get everybody out. Then everyone's gone. <laughs> How yeah. quickly can we get everybody out? That's exactly right. Um, all right, we, we do have some news of the day. Um, and they are the hot topics of the day presented by Vivid Seats, official fan experience partner, your Cleveland Browns. Um, so this, I saw this this morning on the NEO Trans blog reporting that the Browns are in the process of finalizing a purchase agreement for 176 acres of land near Hopkins Airport. Um now we have a statement um, from Peter John Baptiste on the Browns' future stadium planning. He is a Haslam Sports Group spokesperson, and he says, quote, we've been clear on how complex future stadium planning can be. One certainty is our, com- our commitment to greatly improve our fan-, our fan experience while also creating a transformative and lasting impact to benefit all of Northeast Ohio. We understand the magnitude of opportunity with the stadium project, intent on driving more large-scale events to our region, and are methodically looking at every possibility. We appreciate the collaborative process with the City of Cleveland and the leadership of Mayor Bibb in analyzing the land bridge and renovating the current stadium. At the same time, as part of our comprehensive planning efforts, we are also studying other potential stadium options in Northeast Ohio at various additional sites. There's still plenty of work to do and diligence to the process before a long-term stadium solution is determined and we'll, sh- and we'll share further updates at the appropriate time. So there you go. I think it took everybody into a little bit of a tizzy. Let's take a deep breath. I have no idea what any of this means. Well, other than everybody's doing their homework. I think you have to here this is the reality. This is me talking, not a employee of uh because I'm not, um, of the Browns in any way. But like this is this is sound business. Like you have to have options. You're not gonna put yourself in a position where you only have one place where you can do do something like this. This is something that we all acknowledge and know is imminent. 
It has to happen. Um, you are in a position, and and we all love Cleveland Brown Stadium, and you love that location down there. But it's brutal. It's brutal to park. It's brutal to get out of. It's got two viable entrances. You're doing the best you can, but it's it is what it is. And there are many things that need to be changed long term. The least of which, and this is something Z and I talk about all the time, and I understand that there are people out there who who love the idea of if it's a dome, it's not tough. I just think that's utter nonsense. Um, I understand where you're coming from because you feel like it's part of the identity. I, I never have never once looked at Detroit or Minnesota and thought, or Indy, and thought, oh, those aren't those aren't tough cities or those football teams aren't. That's just nonsense. Um, what you want, and what, and this is the other part of it. What what a we have never been more picky as a fan in, in fandom than we are now because our stay-at-home experience is so great. Everyone's got huge TVs. They're all affordable. You have quick access to your bathroom. I got all sorts of amenities at, my, at the tip of my finger whenever I want it. In order to give up a Sunday every 10 times a year, God willing more, I got to be something I'm going to other than the community of it, which is awesome, and the experience. But it's got to be a place I really want to go. And it's got to be a place I'm comfortable. And you were at that game at Christmas two years ago. That was absurd, that, that temperature. We've been in games of rain and sleet. And we had we got rained out. We had, uh, what the hell was that thing we had the opener a couple of years ago where it just was like it got every bit of weather. That was September. Uh, the Bengals game. That's right. The Bengals, Bengals game where it rained only over the stadium. Only there, yeah. <clears throat> Three so, miles away at the, at the Cleveland Clinic, my wife was like, it's sunny. I'm walking yeah. my mother-in-law around. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And so there's that part of it. And then there's the other part, which Peter John Baptiste referenced here about bringing more events. There's that part, too. And look, I talk about this stuff all morning. There is not a place in Ohio that you can host a college football playoff game. I'm going to tell you something. You put a Big Ten championship game in Cleveland, the economic impact of that, the economic impact of an Ohio State home playoff game, because guess what? Ryan Day is not building a football program down there that wants to play in the snow and 20 degrees. They, they built a football, football Ferrari. He wants known surfaces. And so those home playoff games that are coming in college football, right now they'd be in Indy. The Ohio State program will go play in Indy because there's no play in the, place in the state to play. So let alone the WrestleManias and Final Fours and Super Bowls and all the other stuff. So it, it's got to be bigger – Think bigger. So anyway, I I I think I think that's what that was, well, and, and there's your statement on it, that. It, look, it, the stadium down on the lakefront, it, it it's fine. Unfortunately, when the team left, and then you had to to demolish the stadium, and then you had to rebuild a stadium on that current site, and you had three years to do all of it in short order. I mean, there there was nothing more that you could do. You yeah, know, it, it is what it is. Unless you were going to send the team in '99 to play somewhere else, which you could never do. No, at that time, no. And, and I mean, look, you you got 24 years out of it. Oh Something my like God, that. they've had three. I mean, just think about Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta was at Fulton County. The Falcons were at Fulton County. Then they were at the Georgia Dome, and they've been at Mercedes Benz for five years. Yeah, like this is the this is the cycle. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's 25, 30 years on a stadium is pretty good. And by the time we're done, that's where it'll be. You know, you're going to be, what is it? It's 2026 or whenever. So I, I don't know that one for sure, but I know that it's out there. You got some time, but like. I think it's 28. 28? Okay. Yeah. You would know better than me. So that, so you're so. talking about, it's almost 30 years. Yeah. It's a good run. 
as stadiums go. I, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I think it, it's fascinating to see, um, and what what they come up with. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm fine if if it's a dome. And I never used to be dome guy. Yeah. I was like, play it in the elements. That's where football was meant to be played. Yada yada. Yeah. Uh, until you have to sit out in it, yeah. or more importantly, you have to work out in it. Yeah, it's tough. It's not exactly conducive. And, and you put a dome up. Think about how loud it was for that Steeler game you went to with your family. Oh my God! Put a dome on it. Come on. Yeah, it's a home field advantage. It's, it is. There's no doubt. It, it it goes back to the whole. Well. They're coming from a warm climate or a dome to cold weather. They've got to acclimate. No, you know the day that stopped for me? When I watched J.J. Watt and the Houston Texans about eight years ago and J.J. Watt doing snow angels yeah. in a tank top and shorts on the football He's field. Fine. And our guys sat on the bench because oh. they were freezing cold. And I was like, well, this is a problem already. This is <laughs> right. not going to bother them. No. No, it's not. Um, yeah. we, all, we have a reportedly back, by the way. Browns are reportedly hiring Eagles assistant offensive line coach Roy Istvan to the same job under new offensive line coach Andy Dickerson uh, with the Browns. That happened yesterday for you. I see. I missed this. Miss a day. Miss a lot. I guess I did, according to Tom Withers of the Associated Press. So Andy Dickerson, your new offensive line coach. You guys had that information yesterday, and then Roy Istvan. I'm guessing that's how you pronounce it. Is yeah, I'm going to go with I'm that. I'm going to go with that. feels pretty good. Uh, he worked with Jason Kelsey, among others. Well, yeah. He's been that offensive line's been pretty good been in very, Philly. Been a very good offensive line uh, in Philly. So it was short order on the on the Dickerson hire then. I mean, literally, we that's... opened the show, and we talked about how AVP was bringing uh, T.C. McCartney on to coach yep. quarterbacks. And then segment two, Scott Peters – is now going to New England reporting. Was this all in live time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scott Peter is leaving. That that was in segment two. And then, like, segment three – and segment two was also Alonzo Highsmith joining Elliot Wolf. Oh, that's in right. New England. The, the whole band's back together. The whole band, yeah. And then segment three it was, hey, the Browns are hiring Andy Dickerson per numerous reports because that's reportedly still too. No, oh, that's reportedly too. Yeah, it's all reportedly. Yeah, okay. we're reportedly. We're reportedly. Okay, so we, I, yeah, everything happened rapid fire. That's quick. Yeah, that's a lot going on. All right, so there you go. So we'll see if those can if reportedly can become officialies. Uh, but it's I'm a big fan of officialies. Officialies are a good win. Yeah, NFL honors tonight at nine. Uh, you can watch that on CBS, the NFL Network, and Paramount Plus. Uh, the Browns have a chance to win some big time awards. Obviously, I think you're going to win Player of the Year and you win Coach of the Year. Uh, Flacco comeback hope. player of the year up for that. Jim Swartz, assistant coach of the year. Anthony Walker, Walter Payton, man of the year. <laughs> no point. Of, Anthony would be great on player of the year or Walter Payton. I just that's just totally subjective. And I mean, all of these are subjective, but that one is yeah. Kind I don't of in know the who eye of the votes. Beholder. There's some kind of panel yeah. that determines that ultimately. Schwartz, I think Payton's family is part of that. All of this was done before the final, before the playoffs. All the voting. So my hunch is that it would be Munkin as offensive. Assistant uh, assistant coach of the well, year. Well, we're gonna do we're gonna do awards at two o'clock. Oh, we're gonna do it. Oh, yeah. so I don't want to don't bury the lead. We'll Correct. get to that. Sorry, my fault. No, I wanted to fault. make sure we addressed it. By the way, not a fan of the nine o'clock start. For that's when this is gonna yeah. go. Yeah. No, I'm. Wait, well, come on. I, I get you're on the west coast or out west because yeah. you're not on the west coast. Is it an hour? No, it's three. It's from nine to midnight. Oh no 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 oh no no. It's two hours. Nine oh, to eleven. So nine to eleven. Ah. 
I guess it's that's sort of fair. As long as I'm out by eleven, that's night night time. So as long as I can get out by eleven, I'm. I mean, I'm not going to watch it. What are you kidding? Me? Like, I'll, I'll have I'll. I may have like have second screen, or I'll have a little a yeah. little of the Twitter up. To I want to see for coach. Hopefully, and, our guys and Miles. Miles is coach has won it. I mean, if you have to put all of your Browns eggs into rooting for anybody, it's Miles. I mean that this, it's time. It's time. It's, it's his it's time. It's gone long enough. Like let's let's see if we can get the get the guy an award on that. Um, all right, lots to get to. As you mentioned, we will go through uh, who ought to win the NFL honors. Uh, we've got Brownies awards this week because we started that yesterday on the on the play. We did. So we've got that to look forward to, which is very very nice. Um, you will hear from Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward on NFL's total access. Some fantastic sound bites here. Coming so we up. we look forward to that. That's coming up as well. We are off and running on Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner of Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Don't miss Billy Joel, Ron Stewart, together for the first time ever, Friday, September 13th, Cleveland Browns Stadium. Tickets are on sale now. Visit clevelandbrownstadium.com slash Billy and Rod 2024 for more information. It's Billy Joel and Rod Stewart together one night only. This was from um, NFL Total Access. It is Super Bowl Road, Radio Row. Our guys were there. They're palling around. They're, That's they're, nice. They were, uh, I think it was on behalf of Bounty. Okay. So... Uh, the two guys, it, it was an, it was a fun little interview. And actually one of the things that they asked them were to put on their defensive coordinator caps. They're like, you guys shut down the 49ers. How do you shut down the chiefs? Oh, this is very good. So, so it's pretty good. Yeah, let's go. Let's have a listen. Yeah, the defense, certainly studly, namely because of the play of these two dudes, two of the best defensive players in the NFL, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, brought to you on behalf of Bounty. They join us here on NFL Total Access. Guys, first rule when you're doing television and you're getting mic'd up, Big Brother is always watching and listening. Denzel, I heard you guys should be doing a show together, so this could be a tryout. Do you guys have a name for the show and the duo that you guys want to put forth in terms of content? Don't right, be shy. I was just talking out. to Miles about making a podcast together. So we got we to figure the name out. Okay. Well, like I said, maybe we can incorporate this into uh, <laughs> one of our Total Access shows. But take me through this because the season obviously was good for both of you guys. And, Miles, I want to hear from you. There's so much talk about uh, Coach Schwartz and what he brings to this team's defense and, and the scheme. What, what is really in the secret sauce as to why you guys are successful with him on the sidelines calling plays? 
I think it's more of a, a mentality brings a, a passion to the game, um, a level of preparation that he's instilled in all of us. You know, all those things wrapped together, you know, it helped create a unified front that was you know, unflinching towards anything that we faced this year. Yeah, Miles, you talked about not flinching. It seems like you guys had a ton of injuries, or not seems. You guys did have a ton of injuries, yet you were able to bounce back. For both of you guys, the answer is, what was that like week after week, losing safeties, losing linemen, offensive linemen, running back Nick Chubb, all these guys getting banged up, yet the expectation was still to go to the playoffs and do what you guys did? Um, I mean, it was tough, you know, losing, losing our guys. And, uh, and I think we kind of used it as fuel. And uh, you didn't want to, you know, see them go down in vain. And we know that the kind of you know, work and, and uh, effort they put into the game and the preparation they put into it. But we also see that same, uh, same effort you know, put into it by the guys who are you know, second, third string, you know, the, the rookies, and them getting the opportunity and wanting to play for them and, and them play for, play for us. And it, the team kind of you know, held fast during, during everything. You know, Denzel, uh, Mike talked about Jim Schwartz and what he brought, but the one thing, I've never seen a defense have as much fun after you guys make plays. What's up with this new attitude that I'm seeing from the Browns and the dog pound? Oh, man, that all started during during camp, man. Uh, Coach Schwartz did a good job of just trying to express like, what we want for the defense and being expressive out there on the field. And uh, all that energy paid off. I feel like you see us out there having fun with all the handshakes and, and making plays and that stuff. I mean, it was contagious out there, I think, for the stadium, for the fans, and uh, for our teammates. Guys, there's a pretty big game on Sunday between the Chiefs and the 49ers. And going back to week six of the regular seasons, you guys beat San Francisco. Do you have a winning defensive game plan that maybe Chiefs fans could tune into? And on the back end, I'll ask you how to defensively game plan against the Chiefs in number 15 as well. Well, you got to you got to disrupt them. I think the the main thing with those guys who are who are so talented, uh, you know, all across the board, you got to be real physical with them. You got to you got to rough them up, and you know that that's what I think defeats uh, all the the motion and and uh, the tricks they play in the backfield, trying to get you off balance. You know, you you've got to you know stick with your assignment and, and be physical with your man. I, I think that's from you know the the, the front to you know the, those guys in the in the back end. No, I think you know, when you get that that kind of pressure on on Purdy, you you knock back the, the those interior linemen. You know, that that really has an effect on him and, and keeps him from from taking over the game like he has all year. Denzel, I'll have you take a stab as defensive coordinator now, taking on the Chiefs. What would be your defensive game plan? Um, I think it's just playing to your personnel, really. Like, for us, I think that was our highest percentage of man-to-man -man that we played all season when going against uh, those guys. Uh, just being able to stay tight in coverage, and then if you have guys like Miles Garrett on that D-line, being able to get pressure on him, he's got to get that ball out pretty quick and uh, just staying tight in coverage. You know, you guys are talking about a lot of defense. I just want to circle back onto the question that Bucky asked you guys about having fun after you make plays. Not for nothing, man. Miles, I have not gotten an opportunity to talk to you before, and I'm sure you've been asked a million times, but I don't know the answer to it. The fun, Bucky, is happening also before the plays. Oh, the I see the AI crossover. Are, yeah. Were you just like a basketball fan? I don't know if Allen <laughs> Iverson has reached out to you personally, but I smiled every single time we showed that here on Total Access. 
I'm keeping AI alive every time I step on the field. Man. When, I, when I touch the field, I, I'm, I'm thinking of just you know, playing the game you know, like I'm on the court, you know, just having those that move, that skill set, and not letting it you know, go to waste. I think uh, you can implement those, those steps and all that, but you know, it's also that swagger, you know, going out there and wanting to have fun with your guys. Yeah, MJD, by the way, he's not a one. He's more like a four or five on the floor. I, well, I, 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 think, I, think, I think he's a post He's like yeah. a Warriors yeah. three. He's a three. We are two out here. We are two guys. <laughs> I, I figure if you're with the Warriors, you can play. You can be like Draymond, play point, and go down, play the fight, and play all of them. But uh, talk to us a little bit about what Joe Flacco brought, right? A uh, guy comes off the couch. Some of us that are 38 years old, like myself, are like, whoa, maybe I could do it. Probably not, though. But what was he like getting back in that locker room and really put, giving your offense that burst that it needed? Well, Joe wasn't quite a toting rock like you were at, at such a high level. So I'm going to let, let uh, that be known. But, you no, know, Joe just came in prepared. And he came in, you no, know, just, you no, know, wanting to be uh, accepted by the group. And, uh, you know, just came ready to work every day. He brought a level of uh, professionalism and uh, maturity and, and leadership. And, you know, that kind of stuff made him a, a favorite early in the locker room. And he, he brought a lot of success, you know, with, with guys really trusting him. You know, so we're talking about Joe Flacco, the backup quarterback. But let's talk about Deshaun Watson. You guys see him every day. What is it that we on the outside are missing about what Deshaun Watson brings to the table as a QB1? Oh, man. I mean, you guys see that all the time. Just when he is out there, he is starting to produce. I think he just uh, got to get more time out there and get more comfortable. You've seen what he is doing, making plays, and uh, he's starting to lead us. Uh, he had a huge game for us. I think that was that Baltimore weekend, helping us uh, seal the victory there. So just looking forward to him getting healthy and uh, leading us next year because he's going to be a key reason uh, why we get back to the playoffs next year. All right, very good to hear our guys there. And um, I think – Obviously, the impact Jim Schwartz had on the field was abundantly clear. But I think with those two guys specifically, the impact he had in terms of how they carry themselves, the way that they are in public, the way they are with the media, both of those guys were kind of at times in their careers and certainly early in their careers, there was a shell. Those shell was busted off this year. Both those guys were all out. It, I, it was refreshing for me to see it from both of them. Yeah. I, I think, you know, Miles has really – come into his own and it's nice to see Denzel mm -hmm. you know be being that kind of guy now as well and I think it's interesting I think Jim Schwartz needed Denzel Ward as much as Denzel Ward needed Jim Schwartz I don't problem with that I, I mean go you heard Denzel talk about playing man-to-man -man. I mean that's the success and what made him a better player and if he stays healthy and, and doesn't get nicked up there Maybe we're talking first team All Pro. Yeah. Um, but instead, I mean, no matter what, a Pro Bowl, uh, an interception in the Pro Bowl, uh, and a guy that really elevated his game. And the, you know, and I think he understands and is grateful. Jim Schwartz came along to help challenge him and elevate him. I agree. I I think it was the the perfect fit for everybody involved and. Um, those, I mean, those guys are face of the defense guys, both of those guys. A uh, lot of fun on, on Super Bowl Media Row this week. You've, been, you've done Radio Row Super Bowl, haven't you? I have not done Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, I've done Combine. I've yeah. done Radio Row at the Grammys. Well, now Twice. that's got to be great. Do they bring actually those stars in there from time the, to time? The or music like... and, like, the stars from movies and TV. So everybody comes. That, it's a, that's really music. cool. I, I, interviewed, I, I interviewed Steven Tyler. That's pretty good. Yeah. That was – you have eight minutes. 
Okay, well, he's going to take two. He's going to answer two questions. That's I don't know what you want me to do there. <laughs> um, it's a scene, and you, you see yeah. all sorts of things there, and all sorts of things happen. And we have uh, some snippets of some of the things that have happened this week on, on Super Bowl Media Row and, and uh, Radio Row, rather, and, and some of the other things around the league. So this was on McAfee's show? Live. So this yesterday. is live on McAfee's show yesterday. So he didn't know until yesterday? Correct. What? And then I had to like double check it because I'm like, He's, Are we sure he had to have? It's been like nope. All right. So Tony Pollard found out on McAfee, Cowboys running back. Now correct. he's going to be a free agent. Yeah, but like I, I think you can say that he does not have a social media problem. That Tony Pollard must be flip phone guy, because I don't know how else you could avoid it. it so here you go. Yes. Here's McAfee, Tony Pollard, former uh, Cowboys running back, though he is a free agent on Pat McAfee, finding out that Dan Quinn is no longer the defensive coordinator of the Cowboys, which happened happened better than a week ago, right? He is the he's already been he's introduced. Already introduced in the coach of Washington. All right, so here you go. Have a listen. I know uh, your guys' defensive coordinator obviously got the head coaching gig in Washington. I think you guys are still going through the process, right, of figuring out who that D.C. might be. When you, got, when you face that defense, you guys have stars everywhere you look. What do you think? What do you look for them for next year, and who do you think they might bring in? Um, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> See, I hadn't been on social media. Like, <laughs> I, kinda, I got rid of Ooh. Instagram, like, midway through the season. How come? How come? Too much people being negative? I mean, being a, a cowboy, you just have to find ways to keep your mental on point, you know. Yeah, keep the noise out. Yeah. Did you just find out you lost your defensive coordinator? I just found out right now. Oh, hey, he's the Congratulations. head coach of Washington. Newsbreaker. Yeah, yeah. Dan Quinn's head coach of Washington. Dan Quinn, yeah. head coach, Washington Commanders. Backwards hat, show. How's he going to do? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't doubt Dan Quinn at all and whatever he's doing, head coaching, defensing, defensive coordinator, whatever it is, you know, he's – He's gonna find a way to get the the most out of the guys that he coaches. You know, he has a, a he does a great job. You know, just being relatable to the guys and you know just being there for him. Uh, That's impossible dude. to me. It feels like no one texts him. I exactly. You're not on a text chain with your teammates. Everybody's like crazy about Quinn. What? Did you that just go into a so bubble? hard to wrap your head around, right? That I mean, that's have possible? you been doing what Aaron Rodgers did last year? What was that? Yeah, ayahuasca. Yeah. Well, it made me think of like the uh, the draft day, the quarterback from Wisconsin who does, his buddies don't go to his birthday party or whatever. Yeah. Like, does nobody like Tony Pollard? He doesn't talk to anybody? I, I don't know. That's it was wild. crazy. That is crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Um, back to Total Access. C.J. Stroud is up for NFL Rookie of the Year tonight. Uh, was on NFL Total Access talking about his rookie season. I have to start at your expectations for your rookie season. You shattered records. You just competed in your very first Pro Bowl. Did you know that your debut in the NFL was going to be like this? Uh, I wouldn't say exactly, but, I mean, I had a pretty good idea that if I was confident and I, and I just got my rhythm and uh, got a good connection with my teammates that I could play pretty well, and uh, that's kind of what happened. You know, CJ, a lot of times for rookies, the light goes off at certain parts of the year. When did the light go off for you when you felt like you could be a dominant player in the National Football League? Around, like, week two, um, we played the Colts, and uh, I had a mindset just going to the game. Like, in uh, week one, I kind of wanted to fill it out and just see, like, what I can do. Uh, but week two, I came in with, like, man, I'm trying to kill. I'm trying to go uh, make plays and, and be who I know I can be. And ever since then, like, this gave me a sense of confidence. And uh, from there, I kind of found my rhythm, tried, uh, started seeing the defense a lot better, and everything started to slow down by week two, week three. Week two. Week sorted two. Sorted it out. 
Yeah. Nothing to see. No. Uh, by the way, just to f- going back to Dallas and the mess they are, Andrew yeah. Perloff, who used to work for Dan Patrick, yeah. uh, host Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio, they had Emmett Smith on today. We asked Emmett Smith why Coach Mike McCarthy is back in Dallas. His answer, quote, because I'm not the GM. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but here's what you're fighting. It's like Cowboy legend versus Jarrah admitting he's wrong. Or Dak Prescott saying, or Dak I Prescott want saying, I want Mike yeah, McCarthy. That's a good point. Yeah, there was that part of it too. Um, CJ is going to play. I know. I saw he's going to play in the NBA All Star Celebrity Game as well. He can ball. He can, he he's is. got a sweet stroke. Um, there was a year ago at this time when he was uh, at Ohio State. He playfully pointed out that he thought that the five best basketball players on the football team could beat the five best basketball players on the basketball team, which the way it's gone the last year and a half might not be that far. But it was him, Big Thanos. Uh, JT Tuamoloau and all of them were like all state level basketball players. They were all legit, and they would they felt like they could. And in the yeah. way it's gone, when did you know? Week two, week two. Week he's two. never lacked for con- quiet confidence, but he's never lacked for it. Yeah. Um. All right. One. I think this is a big. I sir, sir, this got this. lost. Yeah, it did. And this is. Um. I I agree. I saw uh, Mad Dog talk about this earlier in the week that this is a very big Super Bowl for Romo to be good. Um, and I, I agree. I think it is. I think 100% the shine has come off and there's some annoyance with all of it. And there's going to be some, some, a lot of op- ways that they could go with that, with that seat opposite Jim Nance. And so I think he needs to have a good game. I, I agree with that. Um, Kevin Burkhardt called last year's Super Bowl. He did so with Greg Olson. He will be calling games next year with Tom Brady. He was on the Rich Eisen show and addressed Tom Brady coming on. Here's what he had to say. I've had these conversations on live TV and radio when I'm asked about decisions my bosses are going to make, and it's not your choice, right? I mean, you you are calling these games, but obviously it looks like Greg's out and Tom Brady is going to be in, and um, Brady is Brady. There's no question about it. What what can you reveal about your your rehearsals? Have you you've done some games with Brady off air? Hey, we've so had a far. couple. Um, okay. You know, I mean, the bulk of the work is going to be now, right? Now that, you know, because it's kind of hard. I mean, as you know, Rich, like you're in the middle of the season, you're you're bouncing all over the place, all over the country. And so, um, you know, we've obviously talked and um, about different things and we've had a, we've had a couple rehearsals to kind of get going, which has been great. Um, and as you well know, because uh, I know I take a lot of pride in this, as I know you do, right? Because I do studio and play-by-play. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I love doing both. But I think the one thing that's the same is that you have to have the relationships for it to work. Now, I'm not saying you have to be best friends and best man in somebody's wedding for it to work, but you have to have a friendship, a relationship, a, a trust, all of that in both avenues. Otherwise, it just doesn't fly. Like, you know, when I'm doing the the MLB stuff with all of our guys, you know, I'm sitting with Hall of Fame legend players, yes. just like you are on game day, and, and they let me rip them and, and bust it. Who am I? But they don't, you know, but it's because there's a relationship there. And so the same thing when you're in the booth, it's just building the trust where, you know, uh, Greg knows that I'm going to do this for him, and then I know, you know, it, it's it's that back and forth. So I think of all the things, we've had a couple rehearsals, It's it's been fun. And now it's going to be about just spending time together and, you know, yeah, working on the craft, but also just getting to know, you know, I know Tom, the football player, mm-hmm. but getting to know what makes him tick off the field, I think is going to be important. Well, that's it. I mean, you, I, I thought it was interesting because, you know, we've, we've speculated, like, is it really going to happen? Maybe Brady goes to the 
to the pregame show, or yeah. maybe there's something else they end up doing because Olsen's been so good. Well, they're already rehearsing. Yeah, and they, yeah, if, we're go. If he signed that deal, which was reportedly three hundred million or whatever, uh, Tom Brady signed that deal to be associated with Fox, to be the face of Fox Sports, um, and and that's part of the deal. So, to me, like you'd rather do that. Look, here's the reality: Fox is paying him an incredible amount of money to do a job the football job those numbers start around 28 29 million people watching okay that's what it, that's the jumping off point okay you get to the playoffs you're talking 50 million people you get to a super bowl you're talking 120 million people they did not pay him the studio shows do two and a half three million they didn't pay him that money for two and a half three million to do before the games right. kick off no 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 like that it just financially it never made any sense for it to go any way other than that um but Burkhart's right. We are very lucky here um, because this was all a shotgun marriage with the three of us. Sure. And we're just lucky that it all worked and we become buddies. But, like, you can't not be and it work. I've done this with all sorts of different people. If, you don't, if you're not buddies, you don't genuinely care about one another, there's no chance. It'll fail. I, and so he's dead right on that. Yeah. They, they have to have that part. That's why a show like PTI has been so successful for so long because Tony and Mike – genuinely care for each other and have for 40 years that's how it works um some additional news i saw this this morning in fact as well i'm interested you have this in there luke, luke fickle saying that uh the wisconsin head coach saying that uh, former titans coach mike vrabel uh will be around the wisconsin football team in some capacity saying we would like him here as much as he wants to be here so when luke fickle was the interim coach at ohio state in 2011 he was allowed to make one hire and the one hire he made was Mike Vrabel. That was Who the only left hire. the NFL, if I'm correct, to come back yeah. to. He left to go to Columbus and coach with Luke. In retrospect, like it all worked, but in retrospect, he should have hired an offensive coordinator <laughs> because they were wildly inept offensively that year. Um, and that's, that's probably what he should have done. Um, but it worked out for everybody. And um, that doesn't surprise me where you know Mike could do that for a year and then figure out what he wants to do. Yeah, He's not probably- just going to sit on his – no. Hind parts in Nashville. No, I also saw something that said he might interview for the Dallas D.C. job, which Dallas is interviewing everybody. Mike yeah. Zimmer, yeah. Uh, Rex, Rex Ryan. Ryan. I, I don't know what the end game is there. Yeah, I he would be – if he went there, it would be like – feel like almost like coach in waiting. I don't think he would do that. I think he's going to want another head job. Yes. Um, this happened yesterday, last night as well. Uh, Alabama, former Alabama head coach Nick Saban joining ESPN's college day, game day as an analyst starting next season. Um, and so he will be – he's just going to do game day. I know he's going to do draft. SEC media days, I can't even imagine. He just yelled at people at SEC media days. I can't imagine you want to sit in you know, the lobby of some hotel in Hoover, Alabama for six hours. Yeah, and He might do features for SEC Network. Yeah, I just – That's what that is. Yeah. I think, honestly, I had Paul – I talked to Paul Feinbaum today, this morning, and I said, how's this going to go? And he goes, I don't – not very well. Because Saban <laughs> – he's very candid. He goes – he said, look, Saban has no patience. And on college game day, like, you got to sit there while the other people do all their nonsense. And he's had a great quote. He's like, you really think he's going to sit there and listen to Desmond Howard who doesn't know anything about anything? He's going to listen to that guy? And that – so that – and I agree. Like, you got to think about college game day. That's first set – well, last Saturday in August until – and now you're talking about a 12-team playoff. That's – there's there's games on – next year, the the 12-team playoff, there are games on December 20th and 21st. There are games on the 31st and 1st. Then there's games on the 20th of January. So, and they're all over the map. Some of them are on Thursdays and Fridays. It's a six month run. 
You really think like he's going to do that and sign up for that three hours a day? Like, can you imagine like when they go to the one double A spot, he's going to sit out in forty below and and sit on a set? I just nah. I just don't. I'm kind of with Feinbaum. I just to me it doesn't seem like there's a could be a one year and done. That's what it feels like to me. Or at least maybe an amended. Like maybe he does, you know, an hour of game day. Like who wants to sit out there for three hours? Correct. Forever. Um, hey, I want to tell you my good friends about Renew Home Exteriors. Uh, they are the best. They're my guys. Introducing new Ascend composite clad siding featuring beautiful deep grain look in 20 available colors. Keep that just installed look for a lifetime with this low maintenance siding. Plus, with Renew's price match guarantee, you can be assured you receive the best price for your exterior project even after you buy it. Renew Home Exteriors, superior products, superior service. Visit RenewEstimate.com. Um, we've got brownies to uh, get you some results on. We'll do that coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. What a medical mistake caused you injury? Call the medical malpractice attorneys at 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. So, Brownie Awards, first round. So, these are yesterday's this is, yeah, results. Yeah, this is the one half of the bracket. There's 16 plays. All right, this is the left side of the bracket. So, the Miles Garrett field goal block. That's the indie block. Yes. Which is, to me, the signature play of the season. Correct. That beat the Duff, Dustin Hopkins game-winning field goal against the Ravens 64% to 36%. There were listeners that had issues. I just tagged Malensic's Twitter handle. I was like, talk to him. <laughs> what they Malensic, have issues with? Malensic's like, why did you why did you tag me? I go, we got to bump up your followers. That's right. Congratulations. Uno, Uno, why did you get why were people taking umbrage with what you did? Uh, they thought that the field goal block and the Ravens game winner were like two number one seeds battling in the first round of March Madness. We did and random seeding. I did just a random number draw yesterday to put all these it's matchups fine. together. You're yeah, fine. we didn't need to seed everything for the plays. Yeah, it's okay. Everyone's going to be okay. Um, the second matchup had the tush-push game, uh, the tush-push play, rather, beating the Jerome Ford long touchdown against the Jets. That was tight, 55-45 to 45 on that one. So that one moves on. Um, the, the third matchup featured Njoku's angry run, that beat David Bell's fourth down catch against Jacksonville. That was a whitewashing, 85% of the vote to 15% of the vote. And then finally, Amari Cooper's touchdown against the Bears beat Kareem Hunt's touchdown, game-winning touchdown against Indy. That was 70% to 30%. Cooper is that tiptoe. Mm-hmm. Flacco threads the needle, yeah, and was, the Browns win. That was great. Um, all right, so we have. Do we have two more matchups today? We have four. four. We have two, so two here, here, and then we'll inter- intro two all more. Right, later. So we'll hear the play, and then we will. All right. So this is uh, the first one. Here is Miles's game-winning sack against the Bengals. With a shotgun snap, he stands three yards deep in the end zone. Under pressure from Miles. Ball out. Fight for it to the end zone. Miles got home again. Who's got it? Browns do. Touchdown. Miles Garrett is single-handedly taking over this game. That is his second. His second sack strip fumble. This one in the end zone as Minshew was trying to get it out. 
beating the tackle Raymond and then it's Tony Fields in for the injured Sione Taki Taki next man up falling on the ball and the Browns have the lead again Miles Garrett got to Gardner Minshew and forces his second turnover of the game and the Browns fall on it and they take the lead 23 to 21 I don't like, think that that's clearly the was not against the Bengals. That was not against the Bengals. No. That was against the Colts. That was against the Colts. All right. That's all right. Want the, okay, I, I can do that one. Sorry about that. These are labeled. They're, we're, we're good. Okay, so that was the Colts one. So is that for later? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. Colts That's game. for later. All right. Well, okay, we so can let's, do that. Let's just let's do that matchup. So then the one we're looking for here, then what we need, Nick, is Amari Cooper's 43-yard touchdown against the Titans. So that was Miles' strip sack against Indy. Do you have that one? Do you have the, the Amari Cooper 43-yard touchdown I against do. the Titans? Here we go. Okay, go ahead. Second and 15, Watson under center with Ford in the backfield. Fake handoff, Watson looking down the middle. He's got Cooper wide open for a touchdown! And Coop finally has that score with Deshaun Watson. As you pointed out, should have been the second touchdown, but can I interest you Browns fans everywhere? It's now no Nick Chubb, it's Deshaun Watson. 27 of 33, 289 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a rating of 123.4. All right, there you go. So that's the matchup. So it's that touchdown from Watson to Coop against the Titans, and then Miles' a strip sack against Indy. So that will be one of the matchups. Do you want to Correct. stay down there? Or do you yeah, want to go we'll just stay. In, we'll just stay so we'll here. Just stay we'll down flip, there. We'll flip these. We'll flip these. All right. So now we're looking for Nick game. Uh, the D Hop game winning field goal against Pittsburgh. Okay. Do we have that one? Five seconds to go. Here we go. Hewlett ready to put the ball back. Waiting. Snaps it back. Ball down. Hopkins into it. Flag down. Kick is up, and the kick is good. With two seconds left, there's a flag down. It looks like the Steelers were offside. Two seconds left, and Dustin Hopkins puts the Browns ahead 13 to 10. Offside. You bet. Defense. This penalty's declined. The field goal is good. Listen to Brown Stadium. That was, and that game was magical, man. It was absolutely, absolutely was so good. Did not get enough uh, respect in the. No, it did year. not. It did not. So its opponent is Amari's 75-yard touchdown against the Texans. Let's have that one. Harris in the backfield to the left. Flacco from under center from the 25. Play fake to Hunt and a roll out to the left. Flacco eyes downfield. Deep shot. Left sideline. Once Cooper. He has it. Running free at the 20. At the 10. Touchdown! With a flag. But Amari Cooper is in the end zone with a 75-yard touchdown. Pass interference, defense number 37. That is the climb. It's over the play, touchdown. Amari Cooper did it again. What did I say? D'Angelo Ross didn't play a snap of defense. Let's go at him. What do they do? Dial up a shot play. They get man-to-man, and Amari runs a double move. He runs an out and up. Flacco hits him. They had worked on that play Friday in practice, and it was a beauty then, a beauty now. Amari Cooper, three catches, 150 yards, and a touchdown. It was so satisfying that that ended with him having the record. I was actually thinking that on, on the way home yesterday from Central Ohio and, and thinking about Amari's name in that record book. It's so damn cool that, that he that he got Josh and that, that he's on top of that book. And that, that Absolutely. was a huge part of it. 
Well, and I think, if I recall, I think that's the play he got nicked up. <laughs> oh, you might be it's right. It's right on the sideline there. It's the heel. Yeah. Yeah, you could be right. It was a hell of a play. It was a hell of a throw. Uh, and just that, that was an amazing Christmas Eve. I loved it. It was amazing. One of my favorite, like that? my favorite mo- memories of the season. All right, so you're going to have Amari's 75-yard touchdown against the Texans, which you just heard, against D-Hop's game winner against the, uh, against the Steelers. As Coop's 43-yard touchdown against the Titans and Miles' strip sack touchdown against Indy. So the voting on that will um, commence we'll get it up here in uh, just, uh, very, very quickly. Uh, and you're listening to WKNR 850 ESPN Cleveland, a good karma brand station. Um, all right, so we'll get those up for you guys, and we will do that uh, immediately. We'll have the second part of that side of the bracket coming up here in the second hour of the program. We will do the CBD honors. We'll guess, make our best guess on how things will go tonight at the NFL Awards Ceremony. It is a mailbag edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. Get your questions into Gibbe, and we will answer those coming up here in about a half hour or so. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And don't miss Billy Joel, Ron Stewart together for the first time ever Friday, September 13th, Cleveland Brown Stadium. Tickets go on sale on February 2nd. So that was last week, 10 a.m. So they're on sale. Come on, Uno. They're on sale. You can't burgundy me. I changed it in the other one. I, I know. All right. All I'm right. sorry. You, That's you, my fault. It's all right. I love you. It's okay, Uno. Uh, physically the Brown stadium.com slash billion rod for 2024 for more information. It's Billy Joe Rod Stewart together for one night only NFL honors are tonight. Um, I don't think there's much drama to this. I think it's kind of so. like, like, like if, if we played a game where we just, if you just say, let's have, well, Uno can MC it. You just say an award. Gibby and I will answer at the same time who we think will win it, and I bet you not only do we have very similar thoughts, but I'm guessing that we get them right. All right, start with the easy one, the yeah. MVP. Lamar. Lamar. Offensive. Well, hold on. <laughs> we got a 10-minute segment we got to do here. You, know, you, don't, you can't blow through this whole thing in 45 seconds. So a little radio one-on-one. Like we otherwise we're going to be you're going to read the other. We're going to nurse this along. We'll, we'll t- we're tossing a break. We still got an hour. You know, next I mean, this next. is good stuff. That's that's right. <laughs> Thank See, you, Nick. Knows like yeah, next level's X. We're done. That's it. So Lamar's going to win the MVP. I think he's got a chance to win it unanimously. He did the last time. He was a unanimous MVP the last time he won the MVP. I think he's got a very good chance to be unanimous MVP again. So I I pulled up something from CBSSports.com. They okay. had thirty voters. Okay. They had their panel to determine that they took the finalists. They actual MVP voters or separate people? Separate. Okay. It, right. it, was, okay. Their, it was their NFL staff. When the did they do cover. it? Great question. If it's the one that you read to me earlier, I feel like they voted after the playoffs. That's what I think. I, I think a think lot so of people too. are doing stuff after the playoffs, but you have to remember that these ballots were cast at the end of the regular season. It's hard to put the playoffs away when you vote, so if you're going to vote, you should just do it before the season ends because what happens there doesn't count. I am always mixed with this because 
it's it's like the Heisman, the NBA MVP, all of this stuff. Like, isn't the end goal winning it all? Like, isn't that the end goal? And I understand they have MVP and stuff for that too, like playoff MVP, Super Bowl MVP, sure. all that stuff. You know, in the NBA and obviously Super Bowl MVP, but like, it would be nice to have a little context of the postseason before voting on because the postseason is part of the season. I know it says post makes you think that it's not, but it is a continuation of the regular season. Um, anyway, what did they have on theirs? They had Lamar, um, and it's a, it's a pretty good list of people voting. Lamar had 30 out of the 32 votes. Yeah. Josh Allen had one. Brock Purdy had one. Yeah, Brock Purdy's not winning it. So it'll, nope. it, it's going to be Lamar. I think it'll, my hunch is it'll be unanimous. I really think it will be. I don't, I don't know how it couldn't be, Yeah. I, given everything he did this year. Yeah. All right. Next. The offensive player of the year. Christian, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Good job, uh, Paulus. I don't know. I think Miami sputtered down the stretch or else Tyreek would have had a very good chance. Um, he got hurt too, didn't he? He did. He got hurt. They sputtered. They never beat anybody good. Um, and so that's tough. You're not going to give it to either Lamar or Dak, the two of the other finalists as quarterbacks, because they're going to win MVP. So they're not going to be. He's not going to be in that mix. Ceedee Lamb. Dallas uh, won the division at the very end. He was great. But, like, Dallas won the division at the very end, and he wasn't even – Tyreek's the better receiver. I was going to say, I think Tyreek's a better had a better year. He did. McCaffrey got 26 of the 31 votes. Looks like there was someone that abstained because Tyreek Hill had five. Or yeah. there was someone that had one vote. Do Maybe you, it was a quarterback. What position do you think, other than quarterback, will next win MVP of the league? Probably wide receiver. So that's why I brought it up because I thought I now his time may have come and gone, but Tyreek Hill with the combination of with Tua, like if he were ever to get like a two thousand yard twenty three touchdown season, he could potentially win MVP at receiver. But I don't think it'll be a back. McCaffrey's put doing the best he can. Sure. But I don't I All don't right. think it'll be a back. Let me go back to the MVP. Lamar's number one. Who should be the number two? Probably Dak. Who didn't even get a vote in this poll. Yeah, but that was if that was done if in the If that place, counted playoffs. Right. But if you go back to where you were at the end of the season, they win the East. Nobody thought they were going to do that. Um, I, I think he would probably be the number two. He'd probably For me, he would be two. Okay. Next. The defensive player of the year. Let's go. Miles, come on. Let's end this drought right now. It would be the first major award winner for this franchise since Sype. We talk about player of the year, defensive player of the year, MVP. Um, First one of those since then. Uh, He is worthy. He is. It's his time. Um, Yeah, he deserves this. It's time. Yeah. Um, The CBS Sports poll. Yeah. T.J. Watt wins it, seventeen to eight. They almost double sacks. Sacks. They they counted. They counted playoff games because it says Watt was unavailable for Pittsburgh's sole playoff game. So that made so that they liked that but more. But once again, than... start in the regular season, leading the NFL with 19 sacks and 36 QB hits. I mean, he's a beast. There's no question. But like, that it's the sack thing. What he did, like on special teams, on defense, stepping up as a leader for the yeah. defense. Yeah. Miles Garrett had so Watt had 17 votes. Garrett eight. Parsons five. 
Max Crosby and Roquan Smith each with one. Okay. The other finals here are Deron Bland, Max Crosby, Micah, and TJ are the uh, are the finalists. But I, I think it will be Miles. Yes. Um, all right, what do we got next? You're not up. Hate to see it. Offensive Rookie of the Year. I have it on air light and still didn't use it right. <laughs> still didn't use it right. <laughs> Offensive Rookie of the Year. CJ Stroud. Although I really want to make a case for Pukanuku. You can make one. It's a similar case that you'd have to make for TJ or for Tyreek Hill over Lamar. Is you'd have to just say like he was so exponentially better than everybody else trying to play that position as a rookie, um, and he was he was great. They um, both elevated they their both teams. Were great. They were both great. Yep. But yeah. Stroud being the QB. I mean, God Almighty, they went that Houston team. You got to remember that Houston team. We thought that they were going to be picking one and two. Because they could get in Arizona. They thought we thought Arizona was going to be picking one and two because they were going to be bad enough to give their own pick, and yeah. they're getting Houston's. And that team hosted a playoff game. Next, the defensive rookie of the year, maybe the toughest one of all of them. Oof. I'd say Jalen Carter. Still, I'm still on board with it, even though maybe down Rhino. the stretch wasn't great. Uh, Will Anderson, he was very solid. Um, Boy, that's a tough one. There wasn't anybody. Who's the? I wonder who the betting favorite so, is. Is it Devin Witherspoon? The the final tally on the CBS poll: Will Anderson with fifteen votes. He had uh, seven sacks, ten tackles for a loss, twenty-two QB hits. Jalen Carter with nine votes. The Rams defensive tackle Kobe Turner with five votes. Devin Witherspoon with two, and then the Lions safety Brian Branch with one. All right, that's a tougher one. Yeah. That's very, very difficult on that one. That's hard to say. Could be Anderson. Could be a Texan sweep is how it could go. Yeah. Um, Abe, all right, next. Go ahead, Uno. Uh, the AP Coach of the Year. Come That's on. Stefanski. Five, Five QBs. Five QBs, 11 wins. Stop. Yeah. The, you, you, this is 100% playoff driven in their poll. Yeah, sure. D'Amico, 13 votes. Stefanski, 11. Dan Campbell, four. LeFleur, three. McVay, one. Look, D'Amico is very worthy for one, everything it, I just th- said. They're going to finish one and two. Yeah. He wins it nine to- nine years out of ten years. D'Amico Ryans wins this award. And I honestly, like, Kevin doesn't care about this. <laughs> He's won it once. Like, I'm sure he doesn't He doesn't care. This is more all of us just saying, look, 11 wins, five quarterbacks, enough said. Nick, no Nick Chubb, everything else. But um, D'Amico would be very worthy. As well. I remember talking to the general about that, and it was like, look, like this, no one saw this. Yeah. No one saw this thing coming. Um, AP assistant. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Uno. Sorry, I took you your You want to do job. comeback player of the year first or assistant coach? You, you, it's your world, brother, whichever way you want. We'll do the comeback player of the year Go next. ahead. Who are, I don't have the candidates for that. Is that not on there? It's no. not about another, uh, Flacco and Hamlin, I think, are the big two. Baker's in there. Two is in there. And there might be one more. So Hamlin, Baker, Flacco, and Tua are the top. Well, players. Hamlin came back from dead. So, but that like, was but, last season. But he played this year. He didn't play last season. So, like, but I so to me, like that's a different that's a different thing than the rest of these guys. Here's who I, I think Baker's going to win it. That's who I think's going to win. Yeah. Uh, your comeback player of the year candidates are Tua, Matthew Stafford. Baker, DeMar Hamlin, Joe Flacco. So Baker didn't come back from injury. He just came back from nobody wanting him. Stafford came back from injury. Flacco came back from nobody wanting him to do what he did for us. 
Um, Tua came other, back from Tua, injury. Tua came back from injury. So, so probably true comeback player of the year, Tua and Stafford are the ones that make the most sense for what the award I think is intended to be, which is you come back from a bad injury. What the CBS people have it? They have Joe Flacco winning. 13 okay. votes. DeMar Hamlin, 12. Baker Mayfield, 6. That would make me very happy if if, uh, if Flacco won because that's as much joy as anybody around here has had in a long time, consecutive, like week after week, uh, able to provide. Yeah, maybe that. there's more traction than we think. There Let's could hope. Be. All right. Finally. The last one, the assistant coach of the year. I want it to be Schwartz. I think it's going to be Munkin. Yeah. Uh, Could be Ben Johnson, too. Could be Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, Brian Johnson, Todd Munkin. Oh, no. Hold on. Hold up. Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, Todd Munkin, Jim Schwartz, and Bobby Slowick. Okay. I think there's a lot of – those guys are all great. Yeah. Um, One of them's a head coach now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, McDonald's a head coach. Uh, Johnson didn't want to be a head coach. Could have been the head coach of Washington if he wanted it. Um, what do they say? Who do they got? You know what the funny thing is? They did not vote on that. You can make a very strong argument they for every on single it. one of those guys. Um, I think, it, well, it could be John. It wouldn't surprise me if it was Ben Johnson. That would not surprise me at all. No. And he no. would be worthy. Yeah. Given what he did, absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, we were talking about it before. Is there no – where when do they do the GM of the year or the executive of the year? I don't know. That's not tonight. I guess not. I didn't see it in any of the I things I was looking yeah, at. I haven't seen it in any of our stuff. But I'm like, I feel like our guy should be a prime candidate for that, given all the moves he's made. I think the gutsiest thing that anybody did as an executive is what Houston did this year. Correct. They went all in. They went that quarterback, that end. We want them right now, and we're going to win now. We're, we're not gonna playing go, for next no. year. That I think that's probably the one. Um, you could say the same about the Detroit situation. The amount of talent that's been accumulated there over the last couple of years, and the job that they've done. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good candidates. This is a very good year in the league. Um, so we'll see how we did on those uh, tonight. That's tonight at nine o'clock. You'll be able to watch that. The Brownie Awards continue. We will uh, do the other, the second half of the bracket that we talked about earlier today. Those top plays coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Hey there, friends. Bo here for my great friends at James B. Beam Distilling Company. Nothing goes better with Knob Creek bourbon than a perfectly prepared steak. Knob Creek offering a $20 rebate. This is pretty cool. You buy their bourbon and a steak. Together or separately, it doesn't matter. You just upload a picture of your receipt to KnobCreekSteakRebate.com. They're going to send you 20 bucks to your Venmo account. The offer is valid through the end of April, April 30th, 2024. Must be 21 or older to participate. See full terms at KnobCreekSteakRebate.com. Knob Creek Steak. Yeah, Knob Creek Steak Rebate. There's a lot of <laughs> Creek Steaks. There is. That's, that's the only thing. It'll get you. But it'll get you. Got me. But th- this offer is going to get you. It's a win for you. Knob Creek, Kentucky, straight bourbon whiskey, 50% alcohol by volume, 2024. James B. Beam Distilling Company, Claremont, Kentucky. Drink smart. I uh, have their seven-year-old rye at the moment that Ooh. I was sipping on last night on a first Friday, which was very, very I'm not going to lie. The nice. swag bag that they, uh, that they dropped off for you. Very nice. Is unlike any swag bag I've ever seen. It was very, They did a nice job. They're good people. They, you don't get that when you go to play in a bowl game. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I mean, number one is alcohol, so you wouldn't yes, do that anyways. No. But That Claremont yeah. Steep that they put in there is unbelievable. Really? And we'll get into that later the, this spring as we go along. But, yeah, some very good ones. So, uh, so check that out, and you will like what you see. Um, all right. Or taste, in the, as it were. We're going to continue the Brownie Awards uh, first round. So this is uh, the other half of what I guess would be the right side of the bracket. Correct. The left, yeah. Yep. So the right side of the bracket. So let's start, uh, Nick, with Miles' game-clinching sack against the Bengals. At the 31, they need the 35. Fourth down and four. Burrow claps his hands. He wants the ball. He's got the ball. Up in the pocket. They chase him right. They got him! And they knock him down! Miles Garrett got him! All the way back inside the 20-yard line. The Browns have the ball. This defense, Okoronkwo a sack. Miles Garrett with a sack. And this place is going nuts because they sense that their Cleveland Browns now have a chance to put away the defending AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals and take them down. So let's take let, them down. Let me give you a little clarity. Uno's done a nice job here today with this. Yeah. Um Yesterday, we just had, like, basically it was the call of the game and no Zagura commentary. Oh, my God. And I thought oh Nathan was – I thought offseason Nate was going to quit the show. <laughs> he was the amount so, of times he gave me the evil eye during it, the clip. It was – he's like, where's the analysis? Where's the analysis? Like, that's the rest of it. And I'm like – and, and oh my there was God. one, there was one play that needed, that needed a little analysis. But yeah. the rest of it, I was like – Okay, but like you gotta understand, in the moment we're cutting these highlights up, we're cutting these up for other items other than you know we don't need the whole thing. All right, did at any point did you say, well, you're welcome to cut them up yourself if you like, <laughs> if you'd like your audio on it? I, yeah. I told him to reenact the call. Reenact, for us. there you go. <laughs> we're like, That's we'll a good stop it. He and, said he felt it felt like he knew every word that he said in his calls anyway. So I was like, yes. just say it back. It'll be fine. There's no question that he knew every word. And he's yes. photographic memory. So there's no question. Um, so that's uh, option one. Uh, the second option is uh, it will go against for, for play of the year. Ronnie Hickman's pick six versus the Jets. 
First and 10, Brees Hall the running back, and Simeon is underneath center. From his own 19-yard line, play action fake, throw over the middle, it's picked off, the Browns have it. 25-20, it is Ronnie Hickman, he's to the 10, he's to the 5, he's to the pylon, he's in! Touchdown, a pick 6 for the rookie from Ohio State! And listen to this place, the defense, it gives the energy to the crowd, and the crowd gives the energy to the defense. Ronnie Hickman's first career interception is a big one. There you go. So that's it. So those are two Jimmy D calls on that one against each other. So the other matchup to close out the right side of the bracket is Deshaun Watson's pass to Amari. This is the absolute dot um, in the bucket against the Cardinals. Jerome Ford in the backfield with quarterback Deshaun Watson for the Browns. And Watson looking to pass from his 39. Watson will hoist that one deep down the right side of the field. And it is caught by Cooper, taken down at the 5 of Arizona. Big hookup. Deshaun Watson to Amari Cooper. Buda Baker finally stops Cooper, who gets the Browns a first and goal. That's the Deshaun Watson you want to see. Amari Cooper was double teamed right there. Buda Baker, as soon as the ball was snapped, went over there. He dropped that in the absolute bucket. So that, you know, it's amazing about having those two calls back to back is those are, in my view, the two most beloved sports uh, football play by play announcers. And they are both so distinctly themselves and honest to themselves and the way they are as humans, the way they call games. And they're both great. They're entirely different, but they're both great. And if you're out there, if you're if you're someone who hasn't heard Paul here uh, on KNR or anywhere else call a Buckeye game, that's the same way he calls a Buckeye game. Yep. Is exactly like that. Level. Yes. Always. Even keel. Always. Always. Yeah. 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 There'll be moments. Yeah. But that's, like that's, it, it's that's, that's reserved it. for the, the biggest of big moments. Yep. But that's it. That's and the and they both work. They're both awesome. He was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're both very, very good. Here is uh this is uh the competition is Greg Newsom's pick six against Baltimore. Clock winds under eight and a half to play here in the fourth quarter. Jackson adjusts his wristbands as he settles into the shotgun. Takes the snap, looks to his right. Ball is swatted high in the air, and it is intercepted by the Browns. Greg Newsom along the sidelines into the end zone. Touchdown Cleveland, 33 yards off the deflection at the line of scrimmage. No penalty flags. All right, there you go. So... Big moment. Those Big are moment. up. Those are up now. Uh, they will be They'll here. Be yeah. All right. So we'll get we're, those up. We're putting everything up. It just takes a little bit. So of time. then, then tomorrow will we do the final four? We'll do the quarterfinals. Quarterfinals tomorrow. tomorrow. All right. So then, then, then uh, next week we'll get we'll get everything else. All right, we'll get it all sorted out. So there you go yep. on, on that side. Yep. Of this week and next week for that, and then uh, we'll start working our way into the position reviews. We'll take that all the way up to the combine. And, Gosh. And then we're like, going to be there. By the way, the combine ends. Like five days later, free agency starts. Jeez. <laughs> and that's going to be a busy combine between the free agency that's looming, the trades that have to happen, especially at like the quarterback position. Yep. There's a lot that's got to get sorted out in, in business. Probably a lot of it starting this week um, at the Super Bowl. Uh, it is time for the Griff fact of the day. I thought we were going to get a little intro. Yeah, it's, it's not possible. working. I don't know why it's, it's not. He's, he's trying. On he me, picks on out me. Trying. He's, you're all right. You're right. Okay. Um, all right, Griff fact of the day. Uh, what do you got there, Rudo? If C.J. Stroud wins Offensive Rookie of the Year tonight, like we think he will, he's going to become the sixth Buckeye to win the award in the last seven seasons. Those other winners include Joey Bosa, Marshawn Lattimore, Nick Bosa, Chase Young, and Garrett Wilson. The Buckeyes also broke the record for most winners in history 
last year when Garrett Wilson was the seventh winner from Ohio State, passing uh, the University of Miami, who also who have six. Um, so it says two things. Number one, Ohio State's really good at football. Yeah, and recruiting and developing and, and sending people to the league. Yep. Um, I always teased uh, my my buddy down there, Mark Pantoni, who's basically their general manager now. He used I used to call him like. Uh, he's basically I, one of the original ambassadors of cool because his job was to assimilate was to make himself know what what seventeen year olds would think is cool. Like he was the head of recruiting. Now he's like the general manager. But like I always used to tell him, like everyone would say, like cornerback you, LBU, like be NFL you, and then they kind of did. They kind of became NFL you. Yeah, that's um, how you get kids to come. That's it. So the other thing I would say from that is they should have won another national championship in the urban day era if they have this type of talent we all know there's even more than that it's kind of underwhelming that they only have the one correct that's where i'm at on that it's like aaron Rodgers' career yeah it is it's it's they've they've been great a lot but the fact that they haven't won another national title is is a little bit odd um all right it is a mailbag thursday we will get into that coming up next list of cleveland browns daily on 850 espn cleveland Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join Next Gen STM presented by Ticketmaster. Official waitlist of your Cleveland Browns being a Next Gen STM, the best chance to become a season ticket member in future seasons. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash STM to reserve your spot today. Time for the mailbag presented by the Cross Country Mortgage Company, official mortgage partner of your Cleveland Browns. When it comes to financing, they're always going to get you home. Visit ccm.com today. Equal housing opportunity, NMLS 3029er. Hello, Gibby. Tweet your questions to at Browns underscore daily. That's right. LS1 underscore C monkey. <laughs> That's really a Twitter handle. Fantastic. <clears throat> Last week, Bo and Nate had trouble determining the most annoying curb character. Can we definitely give the award to Maria Sophia? Yes. I think fact. we can. Did you, so I, I watched it. Did you watch it? I watched. I, I rewatched some of it last night um, after the Cavs game. By the way, great job out of them. They just keep stacking, which I is had, so fun. They were dead and buried. You remember the day that we were like, oh, by the way, so-and-so's out for eight yeah. weeks. Oh, yeah. so-and-so's also out for another six it, to it was seven. Mobley and Garland went out within short order, and since then they've, they're now the two seed. Um, 15 no, out of 16. Yeah, it's been very fun. And so we were the boys are into it now, and so they were, we were watching. So it was over. They went to bed, and I the, the episode was on. I flipped over to the to the HBO, and it was on. And I thought, well, maybe I was too hard on it. No, I wasn't. It sucked. It sucked by curb standards. It sucked. So I don't maybe like it, it finds its way, but it that there, first there were moments. Was, I was, I was, was a okay. couple, but like it's a lot of of that. I, I'm I I am banking on as in, as in seasons of other shows, not just Curb. Yeah, that. You're due for kind of a first episode to kind of get back into the rhythm, and then you hit your stride. Yeah, yeah. And you start, you know, trending up. At least that's what I'm hoping. Because another one, 
And I'm gonna so I'm gonna have some serious concerns. I was disappointed. Not good. Uh, love a dog today. What oh, is yeah. your go-to stat or fact that you break out to impress people? <laughs> like, a, like you just have it the ready. I, I, I mean, it's, I can assure we, you, buddy. We do I this. Don't. You do this for a living, so you have these things that are, you know, there's all sorts of little things that that you would have. Um, go-to stat or fact that you break out to impress people. Um, well. Um, I can't say it publicly, but I know how much Ohio State spent on that portal class. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> Huge. Uh, let's see. You know, one of my favorite ones, when I took the job, and God rest his soul, he just passed a, a couple of, like last week, uh, legendary college baseball coach at Florida State, guy named Mike Martin. Um, when I When I told him that I was moving at the time to Columbus, um, he hit me with, like, without skipping a beat, he hit me with a stat, and he said, do you know that 50% of the U.S. population lives within 500 miles of Columbus, Ohio? And I said, that seems nuts. And then you start seem- thinking about it. That takes you all the way to D.C., that gets you New York, that gets you Boston, that gets you Atlanta, that gets you Chicago. Chicago. It get, I mean, all of the bigger, big cities on the eastern seaboard, it gets you. Um, well, that's pretty good. It's a nice little stat. It's a good market. Yeah. All right. So you're saying I got a chance. This is a chance. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay. This is a good career. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Feels like it's going to be colder, but nevertheless, Uh, uh, that was one that I always thought was pretty good. Uh, Jonathan, this is actually a question right up your alley. He said, mailbag today, question mark. If so, thoughts on a college football relegation system akin to the Euro soccer model. There are 133 Division I teams in college football. Split it into two, have each play for their own titles, and relegate, promote the top bottom ten. Something along those lines. How about it? Well, how about it? Um, here's why it'll never happen. The the Southeastern Conference and the Big Ten Conference, who are now engaged in a partnership, a loose partnership, don't call it an alliance, but a partnership, um, they are never going to open up the doors for Bowling Green and say, we're going to give you a share of our money. So don't think of, I'm not saying what you're talking about isn't at some point possible because we haven't had that thing yet with conference expansion where we've had conference relegation. Um, But what I think could happen is if there is a super conference, and I think that's where we're heading, if there is a super conference of, let's say, 64 teams, you could have a relegation system where certain teams go into a into another subconference from that but you you're never going to see a situation where the this is the thing about you're never going to you're never going to see those people share in the wealth in fact it's going to go the other way what what this SEC Big 10 partnership is really about it's about bending the NCAA and everybody else to their will i know it probably seems crazy to you out there but the feeling of Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, and Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner, and the conferences and the schools that they represent, their feeling is the little guys have had too much say. Their feeling is, why are we allowing any of the group of five to play in our playoffs? We're driving this. We are driving it. Why are, why are we allowing the Big 12 to have a seat at the table in college football's playoff? They, they're, your 11-0 is not as impressive as our 8-3. and three. So that's where they're headed. They're and I know it probably seems, oh, the big guys run college sports. Buddy, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. The Big Ten has a primary partnership with Fox, 
and then ancillary partnerships with NBC and CBS. So that's one voting block. The other voting block is Sankey, the SEC, and ESPN. That is the power in the sport. Everybody else is along for the ride. Whatever they decide to do will be to benefit their best interests. If eventually, after two more years, a 12-team, which you're contractually obligated to do, you get to a 16-team playoff, when they get to 16, it would not surprise me at all if as many as 12 of the 16 were from the SEC and the Big Ten. That's the reality of where you're headed. Now, is it fair that Illinois gets to come along for the ride? Or Rutgers gets to come along for the ride? Or Maryland? Or Indiana? Right place, right time. Right place, right time. They've been in there for 100 years. The Big Ten's never kicked them out. Minnesota, like, that, that those programs are better off than Florida State or Clemson or Miami. Is it right? No, but that's the business they're in. That's what's coming in that sport, though. Wow. I, you know what it is? Hey, mid-majors, you get your chance in the NCAA tournament. For now. Where anybody can win For right now. now. Gordon Gay said this, the former president of Ohio State said this over a decade ago. He got in trouble with it. He said that he used the little sisters of the poor comment that got him uh, reprimanded when he was the, the president of Ohio State. But his comment was always like, why are we letting the MAC champion in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, why is that an automatic bid? Why, do, why are be, they getting – of course it should be. They, that's what makes the tournament. Yes. And they've held on to that part of it. And I think, yeah. honestly, the MAC is a great example of a, of a league that deserves two bids. At least it was a two in many bid years, when I was there. It should be a two bid league. Absolutely. But the notion that their view of it is we're giving them too much. Like they're letting the NCAA have that. And by NCAA, I mean the 300 Division One that play Division One college basketball. They're letting them split all of that. And, if, and Gordon Gee at the time was like, why? Why don't we just take that? So it's kind of like take your porridge and like it. Yeah. Uh, the really big bar, I don't know if this is true. He said or it on not. Twitter, it must be. Well, he got it from Wikipedia. Okay. Another homegrown Clevelander, Jerry Tartkanian, born August 8th, 1930 in Euclid, Ohio. So it's the first I've heard of that. That's un- That's fantastic, if true. Uh, it's on Wikipedia, it must be. He is, I mean, those teams were pure joy. Pure joy, those those Vegas teams, the running rebels, yeah. and they your boys got them. Uh, uh, the fix before, was in, not before they <laughs> they won by thirty. Wasn't that when Shishesky uh, says Bobby's got the runs? Yeah, when Early ran off, they lost yeah. by thirty the year before in Denver in the national championship game. Then they ran it back. UNLV did not lose all year. No, you want to talk? They about, were even better. They were better. They were definitely better. Larry Johnson was the national player of the year. They ran it back um, and. All they would have, they had like three first round picks. They all decided to come back, and at the time they decided to come back, they were playing for nothing because they were ineligible. Yeah, and then they retroactively made them eligible for the tournament. They get to the final four game. I'll never forget it. Greg Anthony never fouled all year. He fouled out with five minutes to go, and you go, hmm, that's odd. Why is Greg Anthony fouling out of a final four game? Um, and then they're down two, and Anders uh, Larry Johnson gives up a free lane to the rim. Dribbles back out, kicks it to Anderson Hunt, who shoots it from 40, and it misses. Yeah. Misses, and Duke wins and goes on to win a national title. Um, but I, everybody, everywhere around the sport always felt like was the fix in. Now, that Duke team turned out to be – it's a little bit like when Ohio State beat Miami in the national championship game. Retroactively, you look at that Duke team and you go, oh, yeah, they had Grant Hill. Like, 
Of course. Yeah. That team Hurley, was if he cable. doesn't get into the car wreck. Hurley was – and Leitner's maybe the best – he's the best contemporary college basketball player of all time. Um, you know, you can't go back to – if you go back to Walton and sure. Lou Alcindor and all that. But in terms of contemporary, he was the guy. But in the moment, you're like, there's no way. Because no one was close to Vegas that year. They crushed everybody. Everybody. The perfect game. It was. Yeah, it was. I mean, real quick, because we have like a minute left before we go to break. Blue Jackets, 2025 outside hockey? So that got leaked a couple of days ago. Um, you know, they played up here, or they, they played Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan up here. Yep. They've um, done it twice. Right. The problem with Ohio Stadium, and I'm sure we'd love to have them at Cleveland Browns. goes Stadium. back to your dome conversation. Ohio Stadium cannot handle intense cold. Correct. It's not winterized. Correct. So it, it, you can't do it in December, January, February. So one of two things is happening if they're going to try and do this. They've either winterized the stadium, unbeknownst to me, which I feel like I'd know if, if that happened. So they've either winterized it with nobody knowing, or they're going to try to do this in, like, March. And the problem there is it's going to rain. And you can't play hockey on it's rain. It's warmer down there than it is up here. Yeah, you can't play hockey in rain. You can play it. You can have it be warmer and you can keep it cold, but you can't play it in, in the rain. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Maybe they winterize it and nobody noticed. I'm not exactly sure. All right, so much more to come. You're listening to Cleveland Runs Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, so we got NFL honors tonight. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Our guy Miles. Coach. Coach. Hopefully. Schwartz. Flacco. Flacco. AWOC. Is this all taking place out in uh, Vegas? All Vegas. All Vegas. Yeah. All Vegas tonight. Yeah. Our digital people are out there. Tracking it. Yep. Yep. Keep keep an eye on all our platforms tonight. We'll have uh, red carpet stuff, all that. I love. I'm sure from the players, it's awesome that this happens. Like this is a pretty cool thing to like have it be at the Super Bowl when this happens. Like the the place the NFL gathers, the NBA has that with the with the All Star Game where everybody goes to the All Star Game in the whole league. Um, it's it's so it's, it'll be cool. Tomorrow we'll talk about this. Mm-hmm. There's like what, and I heard I heard I t- I'm stealing this from Tony Rizzo. There's like 300 and what 30 million people in the United States. Yep. How are only 120 watching this game Sunday? <laughs> He made a fantastic point as I was driving in this morning on the really big show. Well, and I'm like, how, what, what is everybody else doing? Maybe a, maybe yeah, a, maybe a the, bar counts as one person. People also count been, for like children, right? So like that's children. Yeah. And I, there's, there's probably quite a great deal of people who don't have TVs that we don't realize too. But is there, are there two, 170 million of them? That seems high. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that take. All right. It's very good. Next level's coming up next. We're back tomorrow. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.